<laughs> so that's why you said we need to record right now because you got. Wow. Anyway, welcome to the memory lapse. Shut up. Welcome to the Memory Lapse Podcast, and first of all, I'd like to apologize for last week's episode. I'm Tim. I'm Jinji. And I'm Tyson. Okay. I'm uh, already done. So, so, oddly enough, not only do we have a plan for this week, we also have a plan for next week. We're sticking to what we said in last week's episode, and we're going to talk about conspiracy drafts, because we all managed to uh, to do that. Yay! So I know I wasn't at the, uh, the midnight release. Were either of you playing in that? Uh, yes. I was not playing, but I was there. Okay. I got to answer all the fun questions. Okay. Yeah, you did. Um, in that one, I did just black, white, black, white, splash, and green. Um, so I was playing three colors, but it was just basically like black, white, control. Um, surprisingly enough, Throne Warden is really good. You, Which one's Throne Warden? Uh, the one in the white for a Grizzly Bear. Okay. With, at the beginning okay. of your end step, if you're the Monarch, you get a plus one, plus one counter. And the Monarch's really fun to play with. Um, uh, the Monarch is great to play with. That's probably my favorite thing of this entire set. But it was just a black white control deck, splashing green for Birds of Paradise, and the four drop, that's a 2-2, two, two, I think, and it's X, tap it, and you get a token of whatever you put underneath it. I don't remember what the card's called, but I put a Doom Traveler under it, so I was just getting Doom Travelers all the time. Right. And the only reason I was playing both of them was because I played, uh, I think it was what, Summoner's Bond. Yeah, so I would play. The, I played the Birds of Paradise on turn one, and then search for the other half. Well, search for the other one, and then played that on turn three. Felt pretty good. There you go. Combos. <laughs> I don't want to. Well, uh, we will be talking about combos. Actually, we'll be talking about a lot of combos that we had uh, come up with. So, what was the one you were talking about? The <laughs> what? The conspiracy. No, it wasn't a conspiracy. Oh, it was, wasn't a conspiracy? No, it was a four drop. It is oh. a conspiracy right here. Someone respond. Anyways, Tyson interrupting. Sorry. Yeah, right? Continue. Well, I mean, I, I didn't make it to the midnight, uh, but I did, uh, I did go into Saturdays, and I convinced most of the people that were in the first draft to do a second one. So I feel like I got, I got plenty to talk about. So uh, I, did, I did two of them. Uh... And uh, you were in you were in the first yeah, one. Yeah, I was in the first yeah, one. Yeah, you were in the first one. So me and Gingy were in the first one. Tyson still doesn't have much to say until we get to the glorious stories of the third one. Because the third one truly was glorious. It we're really gonna... was. It's the only one I got to play in. Uh, the rest of it, I kind of just sat around and dirtled. I looked at people's decks. People asked me for advice and input on stuff. And I'm like, that's sweet. <laughs> and it was... It, I, I feel like... It, I feel like it was super worth it because the third one was ridiculous. But anyway, let's <laughs> the talk third about, one was the best. Let's talk about the one we, the first one we did on Saturday. So what'd you do on Saturday there? Um, Saturday, I first picked a berserk. Right. So like I automatically <laughs> started in green. Yeah, automatic pick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> value draft. And then <laughs> I just saw like not that many people were playing white because like I, I first picked I first picked and second picked green cards, and then. Third pick, I picked white, and then I just saw white was open. So I was like, okay. So, lo and behold, I drafted four Throne Wardens, because they're really good. And I did a Adrian's Valor naming Throne Warden. Yeah. So whenever they attacked, they got indestructible. And then I just played a bunch of, like, it was more ramp with some aggressive elements in it. Um, so, like, it had a lot of ramp spells, and it had a lot of big creatures to make the Berserk really good. Okay. Um do you know what Thrones Warden does offhand? Yeah, I, I just said it. It's, yeah, he was the 1-1 one, one bear. It's okay. the 2-2 two, two bear for two. Oh, the 2-2 two, two for two. It's yeah. a bear. It's, it's a grizzly bear that at the beginning of my upkeep, if I'm the monarch, I the get beginning a, your end gets, step. Yeah, that's what we meant. Okay. It gets a 1-1 one, one counter. Okay. So we have Oracle text now. Uh, yes. Beginning your end step. If you're the monarch, put a plus 1-1 one, plus one counter on Throne Warden. Okay. And you just play a bunch of things that let you become the monarch and fly, some flying things so you can just, you know, attack over them and take monarch back. See, yeah, nobody in my first pod did anything with the monarch. Nobody was the monarch ever in the first in our first. We played in different pods. Ging we yes. had two pods of four. Gingy mm -hmm. was in one. I was in the other one. And his pod was. We heard, "I'm the monarch," and "I'm the monarch," and all this shit. We did nothing with that. Well, nothing at li all. Literally, <laughs> this is what happened in my pod. We just all. Well, I played. Um, I, I forget what the word the conspiracy is. It's it's the one where I get a one-two defender. A Hold the perimeter. Yeah, that thing. I drafted a foil one of those. Where at the beginning of each player's first upkeep, 
Well, since I was the one that had it, I got a 1-2 white soldier with defender. And each of my opponents got a 1-1 goblin that can't block. Right. So their 1-1 goblins were just hitting each other. So that way the monarch was just switching around between them. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just so much fun. That thing, like, it didn't do anything, but it just felt so funny. Because it's like, oh, you take one, you take one, you take one. Nobody's touching me because I have a 1-2 defender. I'm the monarch, I'm the monarch, I'm the monarch. Right. Um... Lo and behold, if you draft, I would say get at least one thing that says you become the monarch because having that in in the draft just makes it so much more fun. Right. Only one? At least one. Because I'm sure that other people in your pod will have ways to become the monarch and you can just take it from them. Yeah. Huh. I, I didn't I didn't have ways to become the monarch, so I was just yeah. I I wasn't the monarch once in either because obviously there was nothing for monarch in the first one and the second one I didn't want to be monarch and you'll find out why when we talk about this so it's I made absolutely beautiful I made very 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 aggressive choices towards never becoming the monarch during that game and it served me very well actually well anyway you should talk That's about your first true. draft my first draft yes uh, for my first draft I did uh, Boros. Very aggressive. What's that? Red, Red white, white, yeah. Very know. aggressive. Because I started out with a Kiln Fiend. And we all know how good Kiln Fiend is. I ended up with three of the goddamn things. Mm-hmm. People yeah. just kept passing them to me. Especially uh, the instants and sorceries, or you have some conspiracies to pump it. Helps yeah. it a lot. Yeah, I had instants like uh, God's Willing, Trumpet Blast, Flame Slash, Garbage Fire. Like, <laughs> basically just instants and sorceries to make this thing ridiculous to deal with and protect it. And I had, like, a slew of conspiracies wrapped around the thing. Like, it was slow going, because, like, I had to mull, like, twice, so I was mulling down to six, I think. Or was it down to five? I don't remember. Well, but you mull- if you mull twice, you go to six, because yes. in multiplayer formats, your first mulligan's free, mm-hmm. and then your second one, you actually have the penalty. So if you went to six, you mulled twice. Yeah, I yes. can't remember if I mulled twice or three times and went to six or five, but it was still, like, one of those things where I kept getting lands, and I kept getting my instants and sorceries, but I wasn't getting my creatures, which... Is odd because I believe I built that deck to have 18 creatures and 19 instants and sorceries. Or 14 creatures, 19 instants and sorceries, and 17 lands. 19 and. 9 instants and sorceries. Shit, sorry. That's a 50 card deck. Yeah, I don't don't play high numbers. I play 40 card deck strictly, you know. 41. Very strict 40 card deck, man. See, in something like this, I'm very willing to move away from, you know, the set and stone things. Because you're not just trying to kill one person now, you're trying to kill three. Or you're trying to get two people to kill each other, and then killing the third one. Right. Well, so, like having more than a fifty card deck, or uh, more than a forty card deck here, seems fine to me. I just, I just find it very funny that I had like four conspiracies sitting there face down, and then I finally got to my kiln fiend, slapped it on the table, and was like, "I'll just flip all four of these." And my opponents were just like, "Whoa, what, what just happened here?" It's because like I had a, I had pretty much the entire package you could hope to have for red-white aggro. I had Adriana's Valor to give them indestructible, Incendiary Descent to, you know, give them fire-breathing, is it? Uh, yeah. Fire-breathing yeah. is red, gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Echoing Boon so I can target the named creature and then, you know, use that same instant on another one I control, which is great with God's Willing. Oh, yeah. And uh, Summoner's Bond, so basically I bring out I play Kiln Fiend, which is, you know, one in a red. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, Kiln Fiend gets plus three, plus zero until end of turn. And I get Affa Guardhound with that, which is three and a white. Has Flash. When Affa Guardhound enters the battlefield, target creature gets plus zero, plus three until end of turn. So in case somebody wanted to burn my Kiln Fiend, like, immediately on sight, I just flash that in, and he survives most, you know, creature burn spells that you have early on in game. Right, because so, he goes to a 5 on the butt, and I think mm-hmm. the most damaging one's Flame Slash at 4. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I had two Flame Slashes, so that was very helpful as well. well. To clear the way and make Kiln Fiend huge. Before I get accused of misspeaking, the Flame Slash is the biggest one at 4. Um, biggest red one. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, no, because Garbage Fire dependent upon when you draft it. Exactly. Which my Garbage Fire was actually on 4 as well, I believe. Yeah, um... In our third pod, what were uh, what were the one fellows? Nine? We're not we're not we're <laughs> not on that pod yet. Uh. We're not there yet. We're almost there. We're almost there because I got to tell the story of this one of, uh. the, of the first pod. Can I ask something real fast? Sure. What did we learn about Tim today? Today? Yeah. What? That you don't like counterspells. You're playing red, white, burn. 
I got a Kiln Fiend, man! <laughs> so you could have played Blue Red Kiln Fiend. You could. I could have, and I thought about it, and then I started getting <laughs> shit like God's Willing, and I don't know what the hell else, but it's just... Trump of Blast? Yeah, it's like the cards The cards decide for me, generally. I don't try to push anything in, because I got like stuff like... Talking about. I was talking about oh, Caller of the Untamed, by the way. Okay. And She's I had right. a Doom Traveler so underneath it. So what's Caller of the Untamed do? Uh, it's three and a green for a 2-4. Before you shuffle your deck to start the game, you may reveal this card from your deck and exile a creature you drafted that isn't in your deck. X tap. Ha. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of the card you exiled with name, with cards named Caller of the Untamed. X is the confirming mana cost of that card. So I exiled a Doom Traveler to this. So that way I, ke I would keep getting tokens of Doom Traveler, and then when the Doom Traveler dies, I would get a Spirit. Seems pretty good. One tap, it get... So how long did that thing live? Uh, like, two turns. <laughs> <laughs> Not long. That's longer than I'd expect it to, if we're going to be honest. I think I only got one Doom Traveler out of it, because I it didn't have haste, so it nope, lived nope. back around the first time, and then it died. Sad days. <laughs> See, I, I wanted... I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, you know, Tim's a control player. Tim loves playing control. But, you know, the just the cards I was getting in what... Because initially I was thinking red-green. Because I saw Kiln Fiend, and I'm like, get Kiln Fiend, get pump spells, cast them. He just gets huge, like, immediately. And then Trumpet Blast showed up, and I'm like, okay, we're doing that. And Goblin Tunneler, which is a really cute interaction that I didn't actually talk about. You play Goblin Tunner, Tunneler first, then you play your Kiln Fiend... And then whenever your Kiln Fiend is ready to attack, before you start casting shit to make him big, you tap your Goblin Tunneler, which is, you know, one in red, one one, it says target creature with power two or less can't be blocked this turn. So, Kiln Fiend starting off at a one two, you're just like, hey, let's tap this guy, now let's make him real big, and now let's punch right in the face, because he can't be blocked, and he's going to inflate very, very quickly. Stop trying to be adorable. That's but he was adorable. I was adorable. Was like, no trying, he did it. It was like was trumpet, adorable. trumpet blast, flame slash your shit. All of a sudden, my kiln fiend is a what nine something or other nine uh, two still. Big. And then they try to kill it while it's attacking, and it's like God's willing. So now it's even bigger. Huh? So that would be a ten two because it gets plus three plus oh, and it's already a one two at the start. Well, no, I cast two spells, one of which gives it a plus two. That's so it'd be yeah, three okay, and three. You're right, you're right, yeah. You're right. And then they try to kill it, and my God's willing, and then all of a sudden... It's 13. It's huge. No, it's 12. It's 12-2, and something else gets God's willing because Kiln Fiend was named. And then I fire breathe for the rest of the damage. <laughs> fire <laughs> which, is, which is actually how I killed somebody. I went exaxies on that shit. Because we were all playing very peaceful magic. We were playing EDH, essentially. We were like, we don't want to piss anybody off because somebody's going to do something. We just started off where... One of the players had something to tap down another one of the players. So the player with the tap down thing attempted to kill the other one. And then first guy that tapped down the other guy's thing just like, all right, you want to play that way? You're dead. And then eventually killed him. And then I saw the guy that did the murdering was open, so I murdered him with the exact amount of damage. And then two turns later, I was dead because I blew my load to kill this other guy. So that's how that first game went. You know, it was very... Very political until all of a sudden it was not, and everybody was yeah. dead. <laughs> it was very political until everybody pulled out their daggers. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah. No, you, yeah, your game was political. Um, you guys didn't want to do anything to make anybody else mad. Well, over in our game, since we had the monarch going around, people were like, "Okay, that's fair. You you could hit me to become the monarch. I don't care." Because yeah. like we were just hitting each other with one ones. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you both are at five. And you have no blockers. Well, someone else in my pod killed those two and left me open to kill him with Berserk. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that felt good. The yeah. best part, and, you know, this is the details that he's leaving out, he top-decks the Berserk for his draw for turn. He's <laughs> <It's> empty-handed. Legit <laughs> goes, draw, starts laughing, looks at the guy, goes, Berserk this, kill you, and just bonus flavor points because it's our local legacy infect player <laughs> <laughs> yes i have seen berserk casted by this it is who i think it is right yeah, yeah. Exactly. okay yeah he yeah. is he's casted berserk on me more than enough times like he was the reason i knew the card existed i was like i hate you what so much what right made now. it better was 
He, he traded for it yep. immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. After <laughs> immediately after he died with it, they just traded it. It was like, oh, that's beautiful. Oh my god, this is how magic's supposed to be. So, I had so much fun with that first uh, that first draft where I played Boros and did adorable things with you know small to big creatures. That and actually, I I did that that kill in self defense because I knew the next turn I was dead. Yeah, I was the next. He was one at he was the point where after. he was going to start one shotting people with yeah, his so, Sphinx of Magosi. So I won, <laughs> which is why I just immediately one shotted him because I had to. I I did not know I was just going to fail against the other person. My deck just gave me nothing but lands and like three instants and sorceries or something. Just nothing to work with what I had. So it was a really bad time. But uh. Yeah, we had another game. Well, another draft. Another, well, yeah, another draft. Uh, well, Gingy wasn't involved in these pods. However, me and yeah, Tyson so, were. So, it was, it was really funny. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to say that there was a... I'm going to mention this really quick before we talk about our game. Okay. But there is a conspiracy, and I can't remember what it's called. What's Give it me, do? The one where uh, you don't play basic lands in your deck. Sovereign's oh. Realm. Yes. Uh, let me get the exact... I'll pull her up. Alright, go right, ahead and read the text on that. I really wanted to play with that. That conspiracy looks fucking sweet. Sovereign's Realm reads... Start the game with this conspiracy face up in the command zone. Your deck can't have basic land cards and your starting hand size is 5. Exile a card from your hand. This turn, you may play a basic land card from outside the game. No, you may play basic land cards from outside the game. So if you can play multiple lands on a turn, you can get multiple lands that turn from this. Yeah. Um, basic lands you control have tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. It's, it's beautiful. I want to play it. I want to play it real bad. Basically, you just have a 40 card. You play every card you draft. You're just playing good stuff. Yeah, like, you're you have like, no limitations. Yeah, you're this playing... Guy, 40 card gas. This guy sitting next to me in the draft, which, you know, signified he was in a different pod, got it pack one, pick one, and showed it to me. He was <laughs> like, this card, <laughs> you've been drooling over this card, and I get to play it. Nobody else knew what he was talking about. He thought saying that would give it away. But fortunately, nobody in the shop pays attention to me. So, nobody <laughs> yeah. knew that was coming. Nobody, nobody knew that actually was coming. pays attention And I was like, you. that's the spiciest of the spicy conspiracies. I would play that shit in a minute. Oh, wait, was Tim talking? I don't know. I'm surprised that they could even hear him. <laughs> oh, great. I'm the gav of this podcast. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. Talk about your draft more. get that joke. Oh, it's uh, Podquisition. I'll, okay. Hopefully, hopefully people do. Jim Sterling, Lork. They don't need me promoting them. Jesus Christ. But seriously, if you haven't heard the Podquisition, look it up. <laughs> don't need to promote them. Promoting them anyhow. I don't about care. It. Whatever. That's fine. They're right with cross promotion. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe if they listen one day, they'll give a shout back on their podcast for I, us. I've I've chatted with them on Twitter every now and again, having like little light, you know, th- interactions. Okay. I wouldn't really call them conversations, but they have acknowledged <laughs> my existence, unlike you two. Oh, um, harsh. <laughs> Is there a time here Accurate, again? But harsh. Anyhow, so <laughs> let's. Can I talk about like my pack one pick pack? You actually remember. You can go ahead and get into what you actually. You know. Oh, I actually know what my pack one pick one was too. So go ahead, go ahead. Go All ahead. right, so you know we're playing. We know we're playing in the same pod just because we seated the tables so that you weren't sitting next to somebody that's in your pod. So you can figure out who's in your pod by you know counting every other person. So it's myself and Tim in the same pod with two other people. That were in the same pod as the one I was in in the first pod. Correct. So it's all the same except Tyson's in here now. Right. <laughs> so. I open my packs, and I flip to the back to see what my rare was, because it's like, you know, there's some good reprints in here. Maybe I'll get a show and tell a berserk, something like that. My first rare that I come across is Subterranean Tremors. I instantly go, and slam it down in front of me. Yes, Ginger? That is not a rare. Mythic rare. In the rare slot of the pack. Okay. You can still get a rare conspiracy... This so. is true. Anyhow, I get a Subterranean Tremors. For anybody that doesn't know what this card is, it's like the EDH gold card of this set. It's red and X, sorcery. Subterranean Tremors deals X damage to each creature without flying. If X is four or more, destroy all artifacts. If X is eight or more, put an 8-8 eight, eight red lizard creature token onto the battlefield. The art's amazing, by the way. So I pack one, pick one this thing. I slam it down in front of me. 
from my right comes to me explosive vegetation. <laughs> I'm like, I'm all in. Red, green, rip, subterranean tremors. Let's go, baby. And then, you know, I pick an opal and unicorn because we're going deep on this ramp plan. I just start picking a bunch of green cards. I pick a handful of red cards. And then I hear garbage fire. Ninth pick. <laughs> I let it go by me because it was third. It's like I want it to be like four or five if I'm going to take it. And I'm sitting there listening for garbage fire. And it's like, man, is nobody going to take this thing? It wheeled the whole way around the table to one of the guys in our pod. <laughs> yeah, we had to hear this shit. He drafts two more garbage fires later. See, well, the thing was, <laughs> I wasn't sweating it at all. He like he was bragging about it the whole time. But, but like, he's whenever we three minutes spell the deal's not, I would too. But the thing is, whenever we talk about what my deck did, I never gave a shit. Like you know, you saw what it was doing. You mean but, like a uh, one mana instant that destroys anything because that's how people just said colors? Yep, regicide. He actually had a regi three regicides doing that too. Oh my god. He had yep. three regicides and three garbage fires. Uh, and the regicides were set to all five colors. Correct. Because he got three of them, so each time he just named himself different colors yeah. because the people around him refused to name different colors to help him. So, anyhow, as this draft progresses. I start to notice very quickly that I'm not going to get many good red cards. I'm going to get locked out of this color. Right. So now I start to draft, like, this weird Simic pseudo-rampy thing. And then I just pick, like, a handful of black cards, and I play this one Subterranean Tremors. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've got my entire list from this event in front of us still, actually. So I'm just going to go through... Uh, I'm going to call it four-color Conspirator. Conspirator. Because, so, like... We're playing Conspiracy. It's a multiplayer format. I know nobody's going to be gunning to kill me right away, but at the same time, you have to have some small amount of defenses. <laughs> and I made an offhand remark about Kami of the Crescent Moon being the card that's going to kill people because nobody was going to appreciate it. <laughs> Go on! I later found out that that was far more true than I realized it was going to be. So I built a 50-card deck. Because I'm the control deck. I've got this Kami of the Crescent Moon. I figure it's going to draw some people some cards. I know I've got four cards to make me the Monarch. The Monarch's going to be in the game. People are going to be drawing extra cards at the end of the turn. I've got some explosive vegetations. I've got an Evolving Wilds. I've got a bunch of basic land cycling. So I'm going to thin out my deck really fast. So here is my list for what I played. Oh, are you naming off everything? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to name everything off real quick. Jesus, okay. Everybody can know the list, and then I'll just basically highlight the breakdown. So I've got one Evolving Wilds, one Shimmering Grotto, two Swamps, one Mountain to cast the Subterranean Tremors, uh, two, four, six, seven Islands, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Forests. Because I'm core blue-green. So now, that is 20 lands. One, burgeoning. The second or third pack, I don't remember which, we crack our packs and I open a foil burgeoning. And I'm like, well, I'm already trying to cast a spell where I want X to be eight or more. Yoink. <laughs> Traded off to one of our friends later. He's been playing mono green EDH for basically an eternity. Hmm. And I remember that Horn of Greep was printed in this set. So I'm really hoping I get that like in pack three or somebody passes it to me. Turns out I opened it in my prize packs just to get slapped in the face by it. <laughs> so my only one drop is burgeoning. At two drops, I have four black deadly designs, which is a great new enchantment. This card gets very political very quickly. Uh, it's one in a black. It's an enchantment. It's an uncommon. It's two. Put a plot counter on deadly designs. Any player may activate this ability. When there are five or more plot counters on deadly designs, Sacrifice it. If you do, destroy up to two target creatures. So when somebody fills this thing up, I get to pick and kill two creatures. So you can make friends or enemies or even frenemies very quickly with this card. Um, one Kami of the Crescent Moon, which, like I said, this card was going to kill people. Two Omen Speakers, a Coiling Oracle, a Rune Servitor at the two-drop slot. At three drops, I have one murder, two opaline unicorns, because again, we're trying to cast this X spell for eight, um, one repulse, one deceiver X arc, 
one Lace with Moonglove. Because Lace with Moonglove can make me a couple friends or a couple enemies real quick. Because it's target creature against Death Touch until end of turn, draw a card. So if I want to be like, hey, nobody likes this guy having this giant creature. Do you want to kill it? <laughs> All right, block it with anything. I'm giving it Death Touch. Ultimately, that's not what ended up happening with the card. But... Actually, I think that's the card that made me deck out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Blaze's Moonglove and Berserk something. Yep. Uh, I didn't so, even think about that. So then, uh, that's my three drops. At four, I have Dismiss, two Bonds of Quicksilver, and an Explosive Vegetation. I got to turn three this Explosive Vegetation, by the way, in draft. Because I got to turn one land, turn two land, turn... Yeah, turn two... Land, Oracle, hit land, turn three, land vegetation. It was beautiful. Felt great. Pretty sure I got to turn three at anyhow. If I didn't get to turn three it, then I played a unicorn and played it with mana up still. But that doesn't matter because I didn't have anything else to play with it. I think I turned three it. It felt good. Regardless. Either way. <laughs> now, explosive vegetation in a deck where I'm trying to get big mana spells is great. Uh, one Nessian Ass. Two Mnemonic Wall. So I started drafting mnemonic walls at a very high um, priority because I wanted to cast subterranean tremors, mnemonic wall the subterranean tremors back and do it again. Because mnemonic wall lets me get an instant or sorcery from the graveyard to my hand whenever it enters the battlefield. Um, I drafted a keeper of keys. This was passed to me actually. This is a rare from the set. When Keeper of Keys enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you're the Monarch, creatures you control can't be blocked this turn. That's a real strong card. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, you get to draw a card off of it, essentially. Yeah, because at the end of the turn, I draw a card for being the Monarch. Yep. So, like, worst case scenario, it's a five-mana cantrip. It's a four-mana, four-four. Uh, it's five-mana. Yeah, I know. A five, well, draw a card for a blue, essentially. I don't know. Just continue. Then I have an Entourage of Trust. Which is, you know, a common 5 and a 4-4. Four, four. Makes me the Monarch. The card's really good. <laughs> At 6, I have two Sylvan Bounties, which is target player gains 8 life. So I could have saved somebody if I really had to. Or, yo, know, I don't think I ever actually basic land cycled throughout this entire thing. Not even once. Because, <laughs> like, I just kept drawing lands. Not um, even once. <laughs> then I had an Orchard Elemental. This card's great. This card has Council's Dilemma. When Orchard Elemental enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player votes for Sprout or Harvest. Put two plus one plus one counters on Orchard Elemental for each Sprout vote. You gain three life for each Harvest vote. So the drawback is that this thing will paint a very large target on you very quickly if you don't have ways to, like, keep defending yourself. Especially if other people vote for Sprout. Like, if more than one other person votes for Sprout and you voted for Sprout, it's probably just going to get murked immediately or you're going to die next turn anyhow. Speaking of a good Berserk target, yeah. that's actually what I killed him with. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. It, had, it got two votes for Harvest, or two votes for each. Uh, when I played this, it also had two votes for each. Yeah. Um, then I had two Canal Couriers. He's a six mana, three five. When he enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. Whenever Canal Courier and another creature attack different players, Canal Courier can't be blocked this combat. So, I was the Monarch for the majority of our game because I would just start attacking people. I'd attack somebody with a Canal Courier, and then I'd attack somebody else with the Kami of the Crescent Moon. Yeah. And since everybody liked the, you know, Kami of the Crescent Moon draws cards, it's one damage, whatever, I'll take it. Yeah, we did not realize that that was what was slowly killing us. <laughs> It's just like, hey, we get to play more spells because we're drawing more cards. Yeah. Uh, problem there, we're running out of cards. Yeah. So, like, Kami the Crescent would actually kill people, but we'll get to that here at the end. Um, those were all my six drops. At seven, I had one Absorb Vis. And then for X spells, I had Subterranean Tremors, which I told you guys about earlier, and a Death Wind. <laughs> so, Tim, should yeah. we talk about some of the really funny stuff that happened in this pool? Well, shall I? Shall I go through my list first? If you still have it together, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's right here, buddy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So this also was in the very same pod. See, Tyson and I had an alliance. <laughs> yeah, like, at the very beginning, it was like, hey, you've got a 
Festering, shambling goblin. Yeah. And when it dies, you get something minus one, minus one. There were a bunch of things on the field we really didn't like because somebody had the three one with vigilance and other stuff. And I had an omen speaker out. So it's like, hey, Tim, do you want to kill something? He's like, sure. All right. Attack me with that. And I did. And the great part was, see, this list, let's go over the list real quick. So I got eight forests and nine swamps. So already we're in Golgari colors here. Uh, green and black. You, that thing you've had a boner for here recently. Yeah. Like, well, the thing was, for, like, drafting for Eldritch Moon, I've been doing a lot of recursion and things like that. So, uh, I decided to try it again here. So I got two Raised Deads, which are, you know, black one-drops, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Sorcery. <laughs> really good. Two Shambling Goblins, one-drop black creatures, with when Shambling Goblin dies, target creature and opponent controls gets minus, mi minus one, minus one until end of turn. Which the great part about that was, it was my first conspiracy, because I had three. All three of them were Assemble the Rank and Vile. So basically, when any one of seven creatures I had died, I could replace it with a Tap 2-2 two -two zombie immediately for one black. Seems very good. Yep. And then for the green one drop, I had a Copper Horn Scout. Which right. So your 1-1s one gave things minus one, minus one, and then became 2-2s? Two yeah. Sounds super valuable. Right. And then the Copper Horn Scout made it so later on, whenever I wanted to swing out, I could because it untapped everything else. So I basically kept my defenders up. Then my two my two drop slot, I had a Child of Night, one in a black with lifelink. Uh, that's a 2-1. That's it. Nothing, nothing crazy there. I just kept it in because of the lifelink. Because as you'll find out here very shortly, this deck gains life. And then I also had I three... I talk uh, about that. Three poo! Oh, I'll talk about that. We don't just got get to talk about all the cool shit your deck did. We're talking about the cool shit that this deck did. I guess. And this actually goes with it. The Borderland Explorer, of which I had three, which was another one of my Assemble the Rank and Vile targets. Uh, when Borderland Explorer... It's one in a green. Uh, creature Elf Scout, 3-1. When Borderland Explorer enters the battlefield, each player may discard a card. Each player who discarded a card this way may search his or her library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into his or her hand, then shuffle his or her library. Interestingly enough, what I ended up doing most of the time was just swapping colors or just discarding a land card to find the same one to thin them out of my deck whenever we would do this. Yep, yep. <laughs> Kami of the Crescent Moon and the Lethal Clock. <laughs> And fucking, I had a murder, which we all know, we've talked about murder a lot. One, yep, two, yep. black, destroy target creature at instant speed. Had a monoplasm. I didn't get to see it really do anything, but I think it's a cool card. Tuna green, ooze creature, whenever you cast a spell, manaplasm gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. There was a turn where I just casted a ton of spells... And added them up and had a pretty big manaplasm, so that was kind of cool. And it's foily. Yes. And I had, I had a lace with Moonglove, which we've already talked about, which I was really reluctant to play because of the draw card, because when I had it, <laughs> it was really rough to play. And then... I know the feel. And I'm going to kind of throw a spoiler out there as to how this game went, but the last card in my library, the card that never got drawn, the card that was the big giggle, the last card in my library before I, like, right when I died was Phyrexian Arena. <laughs> Now, if you know what that is, you're already laughing, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you what it is anyway. It's one black black enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you draw a card and you lose one life. And it was the last card in the deck. I would have so hard if you were at one life, too. <laughs> no. I was super dead at that point. But uh, then we go to the four drop slot, which is actually amazing. I love this, this four drop shit. And I'm going to save a really good combination for last. But I had, uh, like, obviously I have a lot of recursion going, pulling shit out of my graveyard. Yeah. So the first one is uh, Mausoleum Turnkey, three and a black. When Mausoleum Turnkey enters the battlefield, return target creature card of an opponent's choice from your graveyard to your hand. At this point in the game, I had so much mana that I played him, told my opponent to pick a card, any card out of the library, because it was going to the battlefield in seconds, and its effects were going You mean off. the graveyard. Huh? Just because your graveyard's basically a library doesn't mean it's actually yeah, a library. Yeah, pick it out of the graveyard. It's coming out, and it's doing things. Because they all have enter abilities. So, you know, that happened. And then these were my third Assemble the Rank and Vile. Which I love having this card as Assemble the Rank and Vile target. Because Driver of the Dead, three and a black creature vampire. When Driver of the Dead dies, return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So I was usually bringing back a Borderland Explorer, getting a 2-2 zombie, <laughs> you know, 
And then having people discard for effects on a card I'm going to be talking about. Just remember the, that I have lots of cards that cause my opponents to discard. And the worst part is it's by choice, and they still fucking did it. Don't don't ask me any questions here. <laughs> Look, we wanted to get cards out of our deck, too, until we realized the error of our ways. I also got two Diabolic Tutors, which were very helpful. I'm sure you know what those are as well. Two black, black, sorcery. Search your library for, your for a card, put that card into your hand, then shuffle your library. Very handy to have. Wish Got, I would have one. I nom them. I could nom them up subterranean on site. Could have found my subterranean tremors and not one of the last four cards of my deck. I I nom those up on site. Those were just like immediate picks. I got now. This is this has to do with drafting, like the way conspiracy is, where there are different cards that change the rules of drafting because of how powerful they are. They have to have stipulations for you. Yeah, like this drafting was, things face up. This was Archdemon of Paliano. It's a five four flyer for four two black black. Its stipulation is draft Archdemon of Paliano face up. As long as Archdemon of Paliano is face up during the draft, you can't look at booster packs and must draft cards at random. After you draft three cards this way, turn Archdemon Paliano face down. Worth it, by the way. Basically, so it's a five mana four four. Four mana five four flyer. Oh. Yeah, it's not pretty good. It, it's super worth it. And the great part was my deck was already pretty much built because this was the last pack rare that I drafted this from. Yeah, yeah. So my deck was already pretty much done at that point. Now to finish out the four drops were the, the big things here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the, the combo piece that I almost let slip through my fingers because I drafted this next card I'm gonna talk about and then in the next pack I was handed, the card I'm going to say right now was in it, but I let it go around and I regretted it the entire time and I was just about ready to like just just put myself in a corner and not come out because I made a huge error. But thankfully, it was meant to be because it came back. And that would be unearthed. Three and a black. Each opponent discards two cards. So, normally I don't think that card's very good, but Tim's about to tell you what <laughs> happened, I'm sure. And that made it really, really good. I have a creature, Vampire Shaman. It's a four black, two black black, called Sangromancer. Flying... 3-3, three, three. whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you may gain 3 life. Whenever an opponent discards a card, you may gain 3 life. I played Unnerve after playing Sangromancer in a 4-player game. It's a lot of life. Tim <laughs> proceeded to gain 15 life because the other person cast 2 spells, so they only had 1 card to discard. <laughs> I mean, at any, a lot of life. at any rate, my life gain did not end until I was at 66 life. And he still died to lethal damage. Now, we're going to get into that <laughs> later on as to why that's bullshit <laughs> and why that happened. But there was two more cards left in this deck. This is the first card I drafted, actually. Uh, Farrakha's Mender. Three black green uh, Gorgon creature. When Farrakha's Mender enters the battlefield, you may return target creature or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. That pretty much told me everything I needed to know about the deck I was going to build. Mm -hmm. I was going to bring shit back from the graveyard ad infinitum and i did that and i have lots of cards that did that but then i also got a death wind so <laughs> so small thing that i forgot to mention real quick um and this also leads into the death wind story uh i had the conspiracy hired heist as well it's hidden agenda start the game with this conspiracy face down uh in the command zone and secretly name a card you may turn this conspiracy face up anytime and reveal the chosen name Whenever a creature you control with the chosen name deals combat damage to a player, you may pay blue. If you do, draw a card. I use that to name my canal couriers. So I was attacking with Kami at one person, canal courier at another. The canal courier couldn't be blocked. So it was so always I paid blue to draw a so card. So kept drawing cards. So every turn, I was drawing two at my draw step, one off a canal courier, and then one off being the monarch. I had seven cards and ended up discarding to hand size like three times. And every when time Tim had the Sangromancer was out. And the great part was it sounds poor for you. Creatures kept dying. I it kept, was still good. It I still kept, felt good. I kept bringing back shambling goblins and throwing them in just to destroy shit. It, now we should probably get into the Deathwind story. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I'm looking up the red card real quick. That was the victim of this. Right. It was another one of those. Depending on what number of the draft you were at, for what its power and oh, toughness were. Um, Fido something. Pyro I don't something. What it is. But Zach drafted Pyretic? one. Pyretic. 
Um, yeah, Pirate Hunter. Zach <laughs> drafted one at like 13. <laughs> so, I was like, what the hell? So the same guy that got... Um, the red sides and the garbage fires? Yeah, he yeah. that got garbage fire at 9 got Pyretic Hunter at 8. Yes, yeah. And he had a, a creature that transferred... No, it was a conspiracy that at the beginning of combat you can pay green to put a plus one plus one counter on the oh, name creature. I have uh, one of those. <laughs> I have one of those on hand, actually. Well, that thing's getting big. Yeah. So his Pyretic Hunters came in at 8 eights and then grew up. Yeah. The first one went to 9-9, then the next turn he played the other one. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to pay green for this one to make them both 9-9s. Nine oh. Then they were 10-10s. Ten then one was an 11-11, and the other one was a 10-10. And that's when we proceeded to get worried and have to deal with See, now the thing <laughs> that's was... That's where this gets funny. We had gross amounts of mana at our disposal, because it was pretty late in the game, and we were drawing like a thousand cards a turn. Yeah, like... It was super late game. Natural Unity was the conspiracy he had that did that. Alright, so Natural Unity was the conspiracy that was Green Grow Dude at the beginning of combat. Yeah. It's like, we're super late game. He's got these two things. A bunch of people have, like, things with flying, things with reach. I've got a Nessian ass that I played and monstrous in one turn. I've got, like, four zombies, so I, like, off and on the entire game. Yeah, so, along like... Along with other creatures, you know. That was 12 mana that turn. And I used eleven mana that turn. It tapped well, I'm me talking out. about the Nessie Nass. Okay. So like we've just we've got these obnoxious amounts of mana. This game actually lasted like two hours, I think somebody said. Longer than that. It was like three. Jesus. It's like we did not realize how long this was going, because we were all just like sitting around being super political. You're taking one, you're taking three, I'm drawing a bunch of cards. We're all interacting with each other, trying to make agreements with each other, not to kill each other, and like kill these people, and not kill these people, and kill yeah. this creature because it's gonna kill the table. You know, we never broke character on that either. No, we never. Uh, I think I attacked you exactly once because I wanted to draw a card, and I didn't want the monarch back as well. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was desperately staying away from the monarch because. Coming, no, fuck that. I wasn't drawing another card. Because I was the one that was sitting prettiest on the card draw game. Like, I was basically the only one where if it came down to drawing cards, I was going to live. Alright, so let's uh, let's wrap up this Deathwind story real quick. Okay. So this guy's got a 10-10 Piratic Hunter and an 11-11 Piratic Hunter. And he goes, pass turn. Tim's next in the turn order, and I'm after Tim in the turn order. <laughs> Alright? Yeah. So he goes, pass turn. Tim, what'd you do? I tapped out and Deathwinded. This <laughs> was one of his... What is it? Pyretic Hunters. Yes. I tapped out to Deathwinded. And just the no, look on his how, face... How big was the one you Deathwinded? 10-10. What's Deathwind do again? Just to make sure everybody knows exactly what happened here and how much mana went into this. X-Black. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. So Tim pays 11 mana to kill a 10-10. <laughs> now, not to leave my political partner alone here, I proceed to tap out as well. <laughs> Deathwinding the 11-11. <laughs> that was on the end of my turn, wasn't it? No, it was, this, it was while yours was on the yeah, stack. Yeah, So we just, it just, the look on his face for the first one was bad. And then he was utterly aghast when the second one happened. <laughs> Because wow. he was ready to murder. He was. It was the same guy that I killed in the first game too. Like I just one shot it, and he didn't know what to do with himself when I did that. And then in the second game, we're just like, you know, those big things that everybody's afraid of. We're not dealing. Who with Who was those. it that did this? Kreider. Uh, <laughs> he deserves all of it. Tim, Tim also single-handedly filled my entire deadly designs for me to blow up one of Kreider's dudes with reach and flying. Yep. So that Tim could swing for lethal. I did. Which got botched by the garbage fires for nine <laughs> and the regicide naming every color. But you know what the great part was? The creatures he killed came back. <laughs> because uh. I was like going through my deck at one point on uh, a Borderland Explorer... Because I was gonna, I discarded a card for Borderland Explorer in a, with the intent of failing to find, and I noticed I hadn't gotten to that second race dead yet. So of course I get back to Sangromancer. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just beautiful. It was just a beautiful game. I remember when the Sangromancer took you from eighteen to thirty-three. <laughs> and everybody was like, "Wow." 
that's a little excessive. And then we all realized nobody was going to kill you with lethal damage because we were just worried about deck size now. Yeah, because like everybody was going to deck out and there was no way I was dying with lethal damage. Then so, uh, just to clarify why everybody was so afraid of decking out, this Kami of the Crescent Moon came down on like turn 5 and never left the field. <laughs> it did not. Everybody wanted to keep it because we all enjoyed getting extra shit to play. And because my curve was just so low, like the highest thing I had was like... One single five drop, and everything else was four, three, two, one, steady curve recursion. Let me, I just kept going and just kept doing things. I mean, I feel like we have to get to what was my final turn of this game. Go, go for it, buddy. Well, do we have any other cool stuff we want to go about? Yo, um, we I, loaded up a deadly designs the turn after it came out. You dumped all ten man in it to pop two creatures. We deathwinded some stuff out on I, the same turn where X was ten and X was eleven. I think I should just notice that whenever. Uh, <laughs> whenever I played, the, whenever I had the Sangromancer out, and I played a Borderland Explorer, one of the players was like, "Don't, don't do it." But Kreider and you just both proceed. I need to. You just both proceed to discard cards, and my life total is just flying. And then she's like, "You know what? Screw it. Me too." And my life total is flying through the roof. Well, the thing is, at that point, I was like, "We need to not draw more lands," so we just were discarding lands to get other lands. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so like I said, at the very beginning, I made this offhanded comment that Kami of the Crescent Moon was going to kill multiple people. Um, I decked out. If I wouldn't have killed Kreider before I was going to deck out, Kreider would have decked out. Yeah. Um, Tim would have decked out two turns later. Yeah. And I believe... I mean, at this point, we've said all the names. Um, well, let's Jen... not say the last one, because oh. we haven't yet, so I don't know. I, well, right. well, I don't think Kreider would care, but... <laughs> Anywho. Our fourth player, which I did say their name very briefly eh. before this, um, was at a point where they were en route to deck out because they also became the monarch. They're right, yeah. So and I was doing going... everything I could to not get the monarch from her. I was just like, you say that right there, that's fine. Well, the thing is, the turn I went out, I... Kreider was at four life because I, I mnemonic walled for my absorbed vis a couple turns earlier because he was at eight to put him to four. Right. So I knew I could... I had another mnemonic wall in my deck. I had four cards left in my deck. I had repulsed something of somebody's to draw a card, and then I drew two more cards. And in those four cards... I did not have my mnemonic wall. So I knew that the last card of my deck was a mnemonic wall, and that next turn I was going to die whether I killed somebody or not, because my Kami of the Crescent Moon was going to tell me to draw two cards <laughs> and I was going to lose the game anyhow. Yeah. So I, I swing with the Kami of the Crescent Moon, and then, like I just swing out at people. And then I lace with Moonglove my Kami of the Crescent Moon to draw my last card of my deck. I become the monarch <laughs> oh in God. doing this. And since I drew the last card of my deck, I got the mnemonic wall my absorb vis to drain Kreider for four to kill him before I died to the monarch at the end of my turn. Oh my God. So not was, only did I kill somebody that was going to deck out for my Kami the Crescent Moon anyhow, because I had to kill them for the sake of not being the first one dead, um, I killed them, became the monarch... Completely removing the monarch from the table, dying to my Kami of the Crescent Moon, like, just dying to drawing cards, which is my favorite way to die, if anybody knows me from anything. Um, like, if I'm going to lose the game, I want it to be by drawing too many cards, because drawing cards is fun. Yeah. Um, so, like, I kill him, I die, I leave the game, I put our fourth player to three, that is not Tim Crider or myself. They play... A platinum angel on their turn. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's me and a platinum angel. Nothing with flying or reach left because I have four cards left in my deck. I'm sitting there like an asshole with this lace with moon glove hoping to Christ they block something tiny with their fucking platinum angel. Which they continue to keep swinging because I'm at 66 health and they've got to do this. They're like fucking eight or something. I get them down to negative. No, they I were at three by the time I killed them. Yeah, well I got, him down to, I got her down to negative eight. Negative eight. 
Platinum Angel. Platinum <laughs> Angel says, you can't lose the game. Your opponents can't win the game. Yeah, which means I was kind of screwed because I had no way to deal with this thing. No way to recur my murder. Nothing. God. Mm. Hey, yeah, at, at least the death win and murders make a good story, right? What's that? I said at least the death win and murders made a good story, right? Yeah. <laughs> at this point, Tim was upset. Yeah, yeah I was, I was, it was pretty... at this point that Tim realized and it was the same person that beat up. me in the first spot. <laughs> <laughs> the best part. He like swore vengeance at the beginning of this. He and I made a truce. I was going to go with Crider. Crider was going to fight me. I ended up killing Crider. I decked out myself. And we were just going to let those two have Mortal Kombat. And then our game turned into this hyper-political game of bullshit. <laughs> Where Tim still lost. Where Tim still came in second. Yeah. After swearing vengeance. After swearing vengeance, I had failed. <laughs> I disgraced my family at that point. The best part was that it was the Platinum Angel that did it. Platinum Angel bullshit. Fucking like, having that in a limited, like, yeah, it's at Mythic, so it's very rare you'd run into that. But of here, course, of course! Here's the best part, though. <laughs> if they'd have played that Platinum Angel, I'd have just all in that subterranean Tremors like I was going to in the first place. Yeah. And blown up the Platinum Angel. Yeah. Uh, as well as everybody's board. Yeah, that's a part. Except for Riders, because he had some, like, 12, 15 or some shit, which is why I had to absorb Vissim to death. Yeah. Nobody gets to have a bigger creature than me. <laughs> you and your commie. Oh my god. <laughs> Look, this commie was an MVP. I, I'm pretty sure we legitimately drew like 20 some odd cards off the stand thing. You should just get everybody in your pod to sign that what commie. Was, what was the goblin? I probably should. What was the card that pretty much undid me? Goblin Balloon? Goblin what? Balloon Brigade. Uh, so she had like five of them. <laughs> Alright, so I mean, here's the other thing. They have like two or three conspiracies... Naming Goblin Bloom Brigades. So like, Goblin Bloom Brigades have fire breathing and all this other... Like, if a spell targets a Goblin Bloom Brigade that they control beneficially, it also hits their other Goblin Bloom Brigades. Uh. So, like, I'm looking at the turn to kill this person. I flash out my Deceiver Exarch, murder a Goblin Bloom Brigade, repulse my Deceiver Exarch back to my hand, flash it out again, tapping another Goblin Bloom Brigade, and everybody's making fun of me. Lo and behold, these motherfucking Goblin Balloon Brigades won the game and killed Tim. Yes. Yes, they did. See, the funniest Fuck. part about the story is not the story. It's him trying to say that like 30 times. Goblin Balloon Brigade? I can't even say it once. <laughs> Goblin Balloon Brigade is hard to say when you're talking about murder Goblin Balloon Brigade. Deceiver Exarch at Goblin Balloon Brigade. Repulse my Deceiver Exarch. Deceiver Exarch at Goblin Balloon Brigade. Goblin Bloom Brigade has fire breathing. Goblin Bloom Brigade has it's really hard to say Goblin Bloom Brigade God that damn, I just want to I just want to draft more of this new Somebody emailed the, us the it. number of times that either Why do you like counting that? things? Because I do. Oh my god. You counted for your death wins. You're you're That's because we remember we killed 10 tens and 11 11s. Yeah, that's like, pretty notable. It's d- not how many yeah, like times I say counterspell in an hour period. <laughs> Ding. Which is a lot. To be fair, that Deathwind story is glorious. It is. It is. Yeah. It was so much fun. That game was so amazing. So I think it's fair that all three of us can agree that if you can, go draft this. Yes. Yeah. So hold on. Wait, 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 wait a minute, guys. Are we memory lapse? How are we about making fun of Wizards R&D for stuff they put into these things? And like, Platinum Angel. And watching draft formats? <laughs> I feel like we have to say something negative. Platinum Angel. Why? Right. Why right. are you, you wanna... being bad? All right, so... Huh? <laughs> that's not me being bad. That's just ridiculous that that just came out. So Tim's on the Platinum Angel shouldn't be in here thing. I think Platinum Angel's fine. Ginger, I, what's I your really card? don't care because it's, not, it's easy to deal with. I just didn't have it. I don't really I just think didn't have anything shouldn't be in here. Sanctum Prelate, man. Card's too strong. What does that thing even do? So that's the one white, white, 2-2. Two, two. Name a mana cost. Non-creature spells of that mana cost can't be cast by either players or your opponents. I don't remember which. Let me pull the oracle real quick. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, Sanctum Prelate. Sanctum Prelate enters the battlefield. Choose a number. Non-creature spells with converted mana cost equal to the chosen number can't be cast. So, like, you can't cast them. Your opponent can't cast them. So, the main reason I'm saying that this card's, like, a super anti-fun thing for this... Yeah, it's a mythic. It's, you know, at the same rarity of Platinum Angel and stuff like that. But 
the other pod that was playing from that draft that we were just talking about that we had such a great time. Yeah. Somebody jammed down their sanctum prelate on three, naming three, and just won the game off the back of it because nobody could cast anything anymore. Wow. Hmm. You know what the worst part is? Hmm. A good chunk of my non-creature spells were on three. That's three it, of them right it, there. Exactly, though. Yeah. That's why he named three. He's just like, name three, win the game. Jesus. So, here's a quick question, since you know next week we're going to be talking about legacy and everything. Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. anything that you think, personally, that wasn't already you know, played in legacy that came out exclusively in this, we'll see play in here? Other than, you know, um, this thing. I, I mean, let's... If we're looking for things from Conspiracy 2 that I think are going to be legacy playable, well, uh, hold on, let's hold just on, talk hold about on. the prelate a little hold more. Hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. We're talking about legacy next week, yeah. and we also should probably wrap up here soon. Okay. Yeah. So we can bring this up next week with our legacy discussion. Okay. That works. So as a small thing to bleed into, um, we'll talk about some of the legacy reprints that are in Conspiracy Take the Crown then. Right. Uh, we'll talk about some of the hype cards from this format that are legacy playable. I'm just going to name the two white ones real quick because they're... They are the blatantly obvious we are good in legacy cards. Sanctum Prelate and Captain of the Guard. Recruiter of the Guard. Recruiter of the Guard is yeah, the name. That's Recruiter. Okay. Those two cards, just blatantly powerful, make their way into legacy, can just easily slot into death and taxes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that we will expound upon next week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm very sad. I just checked uh, memorylapsepodcast at gmail.com and we haven't received any new messages. You people need to change that. You really do. We will read your you read your messages and your questions and stuff on the podcast here. That is something I would like. I would like to add that sort of segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already did it with the one email that we've gotten. <laughs> uh, how much time do we have left? Because you know I need to talk about the horrific scarring experience of playing that deck at F and M. What deck on NFM? The Lupine prototype. All right, all right, all right. We can't uh, we, forget about we, that. We do need to touch on that. We did. We followed through. Uh, we got one vote for which Lupine prototype deck would be played, and they chose Tyson's. They were very torn because they liked my uh, hand removal concept. They also wanted to see Jinji suffer by you playing his up. deck. <laughs> no, word for word, okay? Was that really what he said? He said he just wanted to see what it would be like to make you play that deck, but he chose Tyson's because he felt like Tyson's would actually be... Semi-successful during FNM. Which, side note, remember that Bant deck that I was talking about? Like, all this time with Tamiyo and all this bullshit? Horrible. Horrible. I lost my first three games just went home. Just like, yay, I get to go home early tonight. <laughs> One of them was to the prototype deck. That's right! Lupine <laughs> red-green prototype spanked my ass. It was terrible. There was actually a point where I had an empty hand... And he was just holding back that Lupine prototype to throw me for a loop, and then all of a sudden I was dead with it. <laughs> he had no cards in hand, I had like two in hand, which I think you swung, I blocked with the prototype, and then killed you on the crackback? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what did you go that night? Uh, I went 2-2 on the night. Okay. I, 10 out of 10, would not play the deck again. Um, if I had to play the deck again, though, I would make some very obvious tweaks. Um... I completely, like, I told you to play Fury play Fury Blade Vampire and the Black Red one you were talking about. Which is it? Completely there, yeah. blanked on putting it in my list. Yep. Um, Dustwatch Recruiter was probably the single most, like, MVP card of that deck. Yeah. Uh, just because Dustwatch Recruiter is a house. I, mm. round one, I, game one, went turn one, Kessig Prowler, turn two, Dustwatch Recruiter. Yeah. Past turn. My opponent goes land go. My Dustwatch recruiter flips. I then drop three creatures out. There you go. One of them being a Lupine prototype for one. Yeah. Seems fine. Because that, that happens. Yeah, like, next turn he drops something. I'm like, Savage Alliance, kill you. <laughs> that was Savage. A turn four kill? Is that what you're I, I think it was Savage Alliance, kill you. If it wasn't Savage Alliance, kill you, it was some other three mana spell make you very not happy. So after yeah. uh, after that F and M, I actually looked into decks. In the the most recent standard top eight, there's a whole two decks, both of All which right. were at the F and M actually. Bant Toko and is it Machine Gun? Oh yeah, the, uh, <laughs> that blue red Thermo Alchemist deck. Yes, that deck's a troll. It's adorable, but I I don't, like I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, list. I don't like it. It's the Thermo Alchemist plan's adorable, but uh, nah, I can't. I can't. No, don't I can't. like it. I can't. 
I mean, the deck does look pretty sweet. Um, I like the fact that it makes Bedlam Reveler a semi-playable card. Because that card looks cool, but I just don't think it's very good at the end of the day. Yeah. But it, it's definitely... So, somebody played it here. And actually, I was playing with it before the thing started. Because Travis, our super fan, wanted to uh, just goof around. He had that deck built just to, just to you know, play. See what it was like and stuff. He didn't really like it. But he just built it to play again. So, you know, I was playing Bant, he was playing that. Mm -hmm. And then later on in FNM, color me surprised when I see the exact same thing. It's like, well, I know exactly what you're playing. Like, what you're, what's going on under the hood of this one? But, uh, yeah, that was that. was that. So, you got any more uh, any more stories you want to tell us from that faithful night? Because um, I know I was one of your wins. I think my other win was Zombies, mm -hmm. which, again, Savage Alliance, like, helped to single-handedly win that game, um, as did the Lupine Prototype, actually. Um, so, like, Lupine Prototype enabling Lamhole Pacifist actually came up more often than I thought it would. Yeah. So, like, that's a good thing to note. I almost never had more than four mana. I played 22 lands in the deck, but I did get to flip a Kessig Prowler for five one time. And that also actually felt pretty good. It was like a late game, I have nothing to do thing. Yeah. Seems fair. Yeah. Big dudes kill people. Yeah. 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 And let me reiterate that the band deck that whose dick I've been sucking for like the last how many weeks? Since Eldritch Moon came out, I've been really on this deck and how great it was. It's terrible, so never mind about anything I've said about it. Uh, <laughs> that reminds me, Ginger, didn't you play in that FNM? Did in fact play in that FNM. Well, what deck were you playing? Blue eye control. You you mean that monstrosity that we made? Yeah, but that we made abomination. To it. We made changes to it. Not many. Yeah, I mean we got like the Avisons list. And take, well, the, take the, inventory. The Avisons and the take inventory were on the list that we announced to everybody though. What was, was your record with that deck again? Four zero. Oh wow! <laughs> it's almost like that deck may have a good shot on rotation here. Uh, I actually think that since I played today in the when the box. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the deck is actually going to be seen after rotation. Um, yeah, like I said, it's really weak right now to Bant Coco, but... No, like, that's literally the only two decks I've lost to was Bant decks. Or not Bant decks, uh, Coco decks. Yeah, like, Coco is just a pretty bad matchup, because they get out early, and then they have, like, too strong of a recovery for after your board wipe. Yeah. So, like, once those... Like, once Collected Company's gone, this deck's just going to be an absolute monster, I think. Yeah. Because, like, Emrakul decks can't do anything to it. Like, I literally didn't feel threatened at all at FNM. At, like, I may have lost a few games, but, like, I was just sitting there, I was like, okay. Like, once I took command, I was just like, okay, you can't come back from this. Yeah, when the deck gets ahead, it's really good at leveraging, leveraging its advantage. The problem is that <coughs> control decks have a notoriously bad early game, because they just, like, start to draw cards and find things that they want for later. So decks that get to apply pressure and then have the type of recovery the collected company gives just crush them. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, okay, um, I am going to wipe your board, and then at the end of your turn, you're just going to be like, okay, you killed all my dudes that are here now, but here's this collected company for two new dudes, so it's another five power on the board. Yeah, um... I did try to do something cute earlier today, and I was hoping that it worked, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. um, my opponent spellcrawled in the gate, and then he collected company in response to my Avison, I think it was. Yeah. And then I unsubstantiated his spellcrawler to put it back in his hand, and then I had my negate target his collected company. And then he had enough mana to cast a spellcrawler again to hit the negate again. Mm -hmm. But if he didn't see that that was possible, that would have felt really good. Um... That was my only way out of winning that game. Like, I had to make sure he could misplay, but he didn't, so. Yeah, I mean, at the point where you can be like, well, I'm going to make sure if you're going to win, you have to play right. Make your opponent play right. Make them see the line to kill you and stuff. Don't ever scoop. Make your opponent know that you're dead. Because there have been times, I've been told that I have a pretty decent poker face whenever I'm playing against, like. It's the beard. A couple of our other players that are, like, newer to the game. I'll be sitting there with, like, five cards in hand. I will be dead on board. I will know I'm dead on board. I will know I have no way to stop them. And they'll sit there and think for a couple minutes and be like, all right, well, I'm going to attack you. And I'll be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just scoop up. <laughs> They're like, wait, you made me actually kill you? I'm like, yes. I will always... M 
Just because I know that I'm dead on board does not mean that you know I'm dead on board. That's fair. Okay, so is that it for that? Do we have the whole Lupine prototype thing uh, set to bed now? Yep, and uh, blue-white control, look for it in the future. I'll keep playing it. Yeah, I need to... I was, I was thinking about going with blue-white control because it's basically the core of what my deck was. There's just not enough spirits. Drog School Captain pretty much makes that deck in the Eternal formats, mm -hmm. which we'll get into... Next we can week. talk about it Definitely. in Legacy because you did build it for that. Yeah, I have. There's a Legacy build, so we'll talk about it next week. So yeah, next week we'll be talking about Legacy things. Uh, so yeah, once again, uh, contact us at memorylapsepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, is there anything else we want to add? Um, so we were talking about the the biweekly brews. Uh, Travis had asked us to potentially do that. So somebody, multiple people, perhaps. Email us a card that you'd like to see us build something around. There you go. So, yeah. Yeah. Send us something there. The email I've mentioned several times, and I'll mention again, memorylapsepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and just let us know what cards you want to see Bruce about. Pick a format, and we'll do it. See what we can do. And, and don't be afraid to pick, like, commons and uncommons, because you know how this blue-white control deck came around? I saw Blessed Alliance and was like, I'm going to build a deck. Yep. Straight up. Uncommon from Elder Twin. I'm like... That card, I'm going to build a deck. <laughs> that face, I like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Get a hold of us with your comments, questions, uh, or just, you know, unbridled praise. We like that, too. But uh, anyway... Tyson likes that more than anybody. Oh, oh shit, I think everybody it. likes that a little bit, you know. I'm... Why do you think I'm on YouTube and, like, all over social media and stuff? Because mm -hmm, I like it when mm -hmm. people are like, you did good, son. I'm like, yeah. You did good, Timmy. That'll do pig. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, uh, with, so this doesn't go off into a tangent. We've already gone long already because it's lupine prototype bullshit. <laughs> Look, I had to mention it real quick, and yeah. I figured after Control's 4-0 FNM, it had a, uh, another shot at uh, getting a mention. Okay, so anyway, that'll be it for Memory Lapse Podcast. I'm Tim saying goodbye. Gingy, bye. And Tyson, see you guys. <laughs>